0: Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is August 19th, which is the 231st day of 2019, meaning we have 134 days remaining until 2020. This time of year, our residing in Earth's mid-northern latitudes is affording us the opportunity to enjoy some of our best views of the M31 galaxy, otherwise known as the Andromeda galaxy. When it's high enough in the night sky, mid-May between our local nightfall and daybreak, Andromeda will appear in all its shining splendor, especially if we are far enough from any city lights. High overhead, Andromeda hangs just below the constellation Cassiopeia, swinging brightly between mid-evening and midnight, now in the late summer and early autumn. And speaking of stars, today is the birthday of Eugene Wesley, a.k.a. Gene. Roddenberry, born in El Paso, Texas in 1921, to Edward Gene Roddenberry, a U.S. cavalry sergeant who served during World War I, and Caroline Goldman Roddenberry, who was just 16 years old when she married Sergeant Roddenberry, who would soon after Gene's birth move the family to California, having become a police officer in Los Angeles. A good student and science fiction fan, Gene Roddenberry studied pre-law and became a pilot at age 19 through the Civilian Pilot Training Program, soon also becoming a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army Air Corps, where he served as a B-17 bomber pilot, being too tall to fly fighter aircraft. Following the war, he spent a brief period as a Pan Am pilot and then followed his father into the Los Angeles Police Department young Roddenberry used his newfound experience there to write and sell scripts for television. Soon he was writing full-time for shows such as Dragnet, Naked City, Have Gun, Will Travel, and Highway Patrol. By the early 1960s, Roddenberry had begun developing an idea for a science fiction series, seed money in part being supplied by Lucille Ball, who was developing new programs through her studio, Desi Lu. Not too many years later, in 1966, Roddenberry's series, Star Trek, aired for the first time. Fast forward to this past week in Down East, Maine. The Bangor Daily News features a cover page story by Bill Trotter on the current issues between Carnival Cruise Lines and the town of Bar Harbor. The upshot being the town wanting the cruise ship line to make up for some of its pollution violations by funding an air monitoring program. The great thing about getting old enough as a human is that one might be entertained again and again by certain tendencies of the human race. About the time that Star Trek was making its debut on national television, I was a young teenager growing up in Aurora, Colorado then a modest suburb on the eastern edge of Denver, Colorado's capital. The South Platte River, which runs through the heart of Denver, had flooded the year before, in 1965, and various urban renewal projects had soon followed, aimed at repairing damage from the flood and giving the riverfront something of a facelift. Because major traffic arteries such as Santa Fe Drive and Spear Boulevard were affected, various afterthoughts were appended to the projects. One of these afterthoughts that took a few years to actually be realized was initiated by the brainstorming of some city planners who had increasingly become concerned by the growing number of automobiles in combination with the propensity for temperature inversions in the Denver metro area. So a set of big scoreboard-like structures were erected along Spear Boulevard, and each day they would display the air quality rating for the day. But the life of the signage was brief, owing to the general sense of depression generated by day after day of poor air quality being writ large and displayed to passing traffic. Hence, within months, the signage was pulled down. Denver's automobile drivers did not want to know that their air quality was largely poor, with the occasional exceptions of stiff breezes blowing smog away in one direction or another. And that memory makes me wonder how the town of Bar Harbor will fare with its request for Carnival Cruise Lines to help with monitoring air quality. Considering that at certain times of the year, namely the summer, Bar Harbor, with its quagmire of automobile traffic ebbing only late at night, most likely has some really bad air quality, Will underscoring that fact with monitoring data make a difference? Will, for example, a moratorium on at least 50% of the current summer automobile traffic in and around Bar Harbor be put into effect to help improve the air quality? Or will, after the data has been collected, status quo be maintained in the name of keeping the economy going? Stay tuned to future editions of A Word in Edgewise as we explore the environmental health of down east Maine. From more Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with A Word in Edgewise. Here's to a fine summer day.